With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Welcome into the DNVR Bus Podcast, presented by Green Mountain Dental Group. I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, we are getting really close to Pac-12 football. And we know that because Big Ten football comes back tonight. Uh, so two weeks, two weeks until the Buffs play their first game. Uh, it's going to be so much fun, and uh, the countdown's really on. You know, we've we've passed the halfway point of camp, and... We still don't have a quarterback, um, which is kind of crazy. But you know what? We're we're right around the corner. I'd guess that sometime next week we figure out who the Buffs quarterback is going to be for the 2020 season. And uh, that's when all the dominoes will start falling. That's when you start asking questions like, so what does that mean for the offense that Tyler Lytle is the starter? Does that mean you're taking more downfield shots? Does that mean you're... Uh, running more play action does that mean what we just don't even know but uh it'll be it'll be fun to find out um i will say that i'll be really disappointed if they do the or thing on the depth chart um which is a, a thing that sometimes coaches do it's typically like who's the starter at this position it's like this or this and like there are times when it makes a lot of sense like in the offseason it makes a lot of sense but when you're going into the first game and you release your week one depth chart and it says Sam Neuer or Tyler Lytle or Brendan Lewis I just I don't know I don't I don't like that kind of stuff so I really hope that's not the path here you know that happened to me once and I actually oh this is a great story because it really ties all of the worlds together so for those of you who've been listening for a while, you know that I'm from Montana, went to the University of Montana, covered the Montana Grizzlies while I was there, and they play in the Big Sky Conference, and UC Davis also plays in the Big Sky Conference, and while I was at UM, um, Dan Hawkins was the coach at UC Davis. Now, I'm not sure... Yeah, looks like he still is the coach there, which is interesting. Oh, wait. No, no, no. No, he isn't still coaching there. 
But the point is, he was there when I was there. Uh, former Buffs head coach as well. And before his game against Montana, he basically put oars at every spot on the depth chart. I, I, it, might, it may have been every spot on the depth chart. And I haven't like gone back and tried to find that depth chart, so I can't remember exactly. But I do think that it was pretty much all the way through. And so after the game, I actually asked him. And he didn't like that I asked him. But I asked, like, so what did I ask? Wow, this is so long ago. This is years now, which is crazy to think about. But I'm pretty sure I just asked him, like, did you know or how how did you not know that or how did did you know he was playing something like that something about the oars and uh he got all frustrated and answered i need to go back and find that this isn't a great story unless i remember the details well that was a waste of a minute but what exactly happened at the end i know he was mad i know i asked a question because of the oars because i really hate when coaches do that um moral of this story is if the buffs don't pick a starting quarterback in the next week or two um, I'm going to be disappointed, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I think that those moves where you just say like, Oh, you have to guess we're not, we're, we're pretending we aren't sure who's going to be playing because we don't want to give you the advantage of us knowing who's on the field, even though you're going to give us the advantage. It's like, is it really that much of an advantage? I don't know. It just seems kind of childish. Um, so hopefully that doesn't happen. The point here is that I think we're getting close to a starting quarterback. You know, there's there's a scrimmage tomorrow on Saturday. It'll be the second of three scrimmages. If if I am the Buffs coaching staff, if I'm Carl Durrell, I come into this saying, okay, three scrimmages. One is, I guess the first weekend there was no scrimmage. It was just practice. So the first weekend, you just practice. Second weekend, scrimmage. Next weekend, scrimmage. Next weekend, scrimmage. Next weekend, game. I'm looking through that timeline saying, I want two scrimmages to decide who my starter is. And then I want one scrimmage with everything going the way that it's going to be going on game day. You know, all the starters in place, all the rotations being used the same way that players will be rotating in during games. And I want the starting quarterback to get into that rhythm. And I want everybody else in that rhythm as well. Um, And that's kind of your last dress rehearsal to make sure everybody understands their responsibilities. Um, if, If I'm the head coach, I'm probably trying to pick a quarterback based on the scrimmage on Saturday, tomorrow, and then starting my UCLA game plan for, uh, like honestly on Monday when they get back in that building and you start building through that game plan, you try to get the whole thing implemented week one. That way, when you do the last scrimmage, it's starting offense versus backup defense, number two defense, whatever you want to call it. And it's your starting defense against your number two offense. And what you're doing is your starters are running all the plays that they're going to be using against UCLA. The backups are honestly being used basically like scout team. Um, and uh, they're running the things that you expect to see from UCLA. And you're really just giving yourself a dress rehearsal for that game. I, I might even go into this ge- this last scrimmage next Saturday knowing what the 15 plays that I have scripted are going to be. Actually, that's I might have to ask that question today. I'm not sure if we get Carl. Next time we get Carl or Chev. Uh, I'm going to ask them if they script plays because typically in West Coast offenses, you script like the first 15 or whatever. And the the idea is there are a bunch of things that we want to show them and that we want them to be thinking about. 
um, whether it's like jet sweep motions, whether it's spread actions, whether it's the running back who can line up in the slot. Like maybe maybe Alex Fontenot has become a great receiver over the offseason. And so you want to have one play in there where you're lined up, um, maybe even your quarterback's under center, you motion him out into the slot, quarterback drops back into shotgun, and then you're basically spread at that point, and Alex runs like a great route, gets open, you give him the ball. You want to put that thought into the defense's mind so that they think, oh, no, they can do this now too. And that's one approach. You know, the other option is you whip that out in the fourth quarter when you need a big play. You know, and so there's so many different things that go into what 15 plays you pick. Um, some of it is we want them to be thinking about this. Some of it is we want to see what they do. We want to run a bunch of motion so that we can just easily identify how often are they in man, how often are they in zone. You know, we want to put them in a bunch of different circumstances so that we can learn about them and so that we can plant our plant ideas in their mind as well. Um, so also if I'm the, the coach, whatever my plan is for that script, um, whatever I'm trying to get done there, I, I'm figuring that out this week and I am running that script on the Saturday scrimmage just to get that down, make sure everything is clean. And that goes back to what Carl Durrell was telling us yesterday, that there there are problems that he's seeing across college football. You know, the tackling is the big one, but there's also stuff um, like the phrase he used, ill-timed plays. And we talked about that on yesterday's podcast, how Matt McChesney kind of broke down a greatly timed play that the Broncos ran last week. But that is tough. Those are the things that you just don't know if they're going to work perfectly. They're going to be able to synchronize, like, the guard pulling with the tight end, with a little, like, shoulder fake like he's going to block, like one little drop step before he charges upfield and takes on a linebacker just to buy enough time for that guard to get across. You know, that's the kind of stuff that you need to have right if you're going to win football games. You know, that's kind of less true this year because everybody's screwing everything up. But if you have a chance to run through your 15 plays in a scrimmage scenario, do that too. That's the other thing. And and again, you want your starting quarterback in there running it. You want all the guys who are going to be on the field for that script. You're scripting who's coming in and going out. You know, all of that kind of stuff. Um, I think that that's got to be an advantage you take or yeah take advantage of I guess and if you're spending your time rotating in quarterbacks in your final scrimmage I think you're mismanaging something um also I'm not a football coach so maybe they see things differently maybe it's too close to call maybe there's one massive question mark lingering over one of the quarterbacks and as long as they can check that box, then they're the best option by far. And But you have to just go make sure one more time. I don't know. I, I don't understand what the circumstance would be where you don't have a pretty good idea by the second scrimmage, which is tomorrow. Um, so those are some thoughts on that. Uh, this wasn't supposed to be this long. Um, in fact, I wasn't supposed to say any of that at all. But uh, plan for today is uh, I, I talked with um, Luke O'Brien and Jabari Walker, a couple of freshmen on the basketball team. And uh, also, we're going to get into some football stuff from the football media availability. And also, we got to hit the DraftKings pick of the week and run through a bunch of these college football games um, that I am really excited about. You know, the this is... Again, my thought process always goes all the way through to this is good for the Pac-12, that they get to start once everybody else has already been seen 
And so all of a sudden it's like, oh, Oregon. Oh, USC. We got to see, are these guys actually contenders? Because you pretty much have the rest of the country figured out at this point. Um, I guess the Big Ten, that'll be the week that they're playing. They'll be there week three. So you don't have that totally figured out. But I don't know. I, I like the way this is structured, but also the Big Ten coming back right now. Just so exciting. So many good teams there. Uh, we're going to talk about a couple of those. Um, and then what's happening around college football this weekend, too. Uh, so stay tuned for that as well. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends at Green Mountain Dental Group. Green Mountain Dental is the place to go for all of your dental needs uh, for a couple of reasons. First of all, because their service and their care is just unmatched. Um, they'll send you cards to, like get well cards when you've had like something done there. Um, like your wisdom teeth out, you know, Lindsay got those, um, which I've said over and over again, basically every day I talk about Lindsay getting her wisdom teeth out. I wonder if she'd be happy to know that. I don't know. Well, you don't have time for that, but, uh, they'll send you birthday cards. They'll send you all sorts of cards, like any cards that you could want your dentist to send you. They send you that card, uh, conveniently located. It's just outside of Denver. It's like 15 minutes away from downtown in Lakewood, family owned dentistry, great reviews. And uh, they're big, big Colorado sports fans. And that's why they're partnered with us, because they want sports fans in their dentistry, you know, which is like a kind of cool thing. And I have this idea that kind of falls apart at like a crucial point, but we're going to talk about it anyway. You know how when you go to the barbershop, it's like you just get to like chat and it's kind of a lot of fun. Like for me personally, like I really enjoy it because typically like throughout the day, I have like seven things on my mind. But when I'm there, like basically like you're not allowed to move you just have to sit there you gotta keep your arms underneath a cape thing and so you can't mess with your phone you're basically just stuck right there can't move at all can't move your head otherwise your hair will look funny all that kind of stuff and so you're just kind of forced to just sit there and chat which is a lot of fun because throughout the day like typically my brain is focused on like three different things and the chance to just sit there for an hour and talk about sports is so nice and i feel like maybe that's the vibe that they're shooting for over at green mountain dental and again i did say this idea falls apart it falls apart at the point where your mouth is full of tools and stuff um so maybe not perfect i don't know a sports talk dentistry is a great idea though and if anybody's gonna do it it's gonna be the good good people over at green mountain dental group so get over there Take advantage of the awesome deal that they have, which is that if you can get, uh, oh, if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam at Green Mountain Dental Group, then you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush. It's a great deal, so take advantage of it. It'd just be, it'd be irresponsible not to do it for so many reasons. First of all, taking care of your teeth is important. Um, going to the dentist is important. Having like a good teeth toothbrush is important. Um, like just the, the list keeps going. So make sure you get out there at Green Mountain Dental. They're good people and they do good work. Okay. Um, let's talk about this basketball stuff first. Um, and I have, there's some other basketball notes I want to get to as well. Um, okay. There's my notes page. Okay. So talking to Jabari Walker, Jabari is for those of you who don't follow basketball recruiting closely, he's kind of like the number two piece in this massive 2020 buffs recruiting class. And since we're talking about a couple more guys and we've been talking, uh, we talked to Neat Clifford a couple days ago, uh, who's the number one prospect in the buffs recruiting class. I feel like maybe we should just go down this rabbit hole one more time and knock it out. Um, and that rabbit hole is 
Like, what actually happened in Buffs recruiting, and why are people so excited about this class? Um, and the reason is because they're really good basketball players. That's honestly, like, it, it really is that simple. Um, Dominique Clifford is, like I said, kind of like the the main guy, a .9540 prospect, according to um, 24-7 Sports Composite Ranking, which combines the rankings that they have with, I believe, ESPN's rankings and the rankings from rivals to have like a super ranking, basically. Um, he's shooting guard, 6'5", 170, just super long, very athletic. Uh, he was the number one prospect in the state, 17th pros- or seventeenth ranked shooting guard prospect in the country. And uh, Jabari Walker is uh, the number 37 power forward at 6'8", 195. Does need to bulk up just a little bit, but he is really explosive and has some of the the just shot blocking type instincts that would make you think that maybe he could get away with being a little bit undersized at the start. You know, he can bail himself out with some flashy plays late in possessions where it seems like he's getting beat. Um, from there, you have Luke O'Brien, the shooting guard, a six foot eight shooting guard uh, from Columbine High School. Um, Number four prospect in the state. Talked to him this morning as well. He's like a big, muscular guy. Um, also, Tristan De Silva from Germany. Uh, if you guys have been watching Pac-12 basketball for a while, you probably remember his big brother. Um, oh, what is his name? Oscar De Silva. It's Oscar, um, who played for Stanford. Uh, he's the one who had the collision with Evan Batty and had to leave the game. Um, because of the head thing that happened. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Dominique Clifford, for reference, is the number four prospect, according to 24-7 Sports, that the Buffs have brought in all time. Um, Jabari Walker is number eight. Um Yeah, I can't figure out. I know that their football rankings go back to like sometime in the very early 2000s. I'd assume their basketball rankings do too. Earliest I see is like 2008, it looks like. So yeah, so it's not like this is like Chauncey isn't in here, obviously. But that should give you a little bit of frame of reference for why people are so excited. And then with the 2021 class, um, things get even more exciting somehow um, with Quincy Allen and Lawson Lovering and Javon Ruffin and Julian Hammond. Um, So those are the classes along with Keyshawn Bartholomew who redshirted last year and is now a redshirt freshman. They'll kind of make this next wave of Buffs basketball. Um, So like I said, we talked to Dominique Clifford Wednesday and uh, if you want to know more about what he said, you can go back there. Um, but today we talked to two more freshmen, Jabari Walker, um, and Luke O'Brien. Jabari said, you know, my question was, you know, coming into this, knowing that there's a chance that you're going to have a role on this team and that there are a bunch of guys who expect to make a, a run into the NCAA tournament. And on top of that, like some guys haven't ever made one nobody on this roster has ever been to one before and there are guys who this is kind of their last shot like do you feel that pressure and he said no there's no pressure he said that he actually didn't realize that mckinley had never been to an ncaa tournament before until 
it sounded like just a couple days ago um, he had a conversation with him where they were talking about that kind of stuff. And he said, Jabari said that it's been pretty clear that there really shouldn't be any pressure on the young guys, that they are learning and they're going to do their best. And also that they're just a talented team. Like it's not something that at least internally they feel like is going to be this big struggle to make it to the NCAA tournament. Like obviously you have to lock in, you have to play well, but if they just do what they're capable of doing, they'll be a top five seed in the tournament, a top four seed. These aren't things that he said. These are my interpretations, of course, as always. Um, But that's good to hear. Um, Transitioning into college, he talked about uh, how Zoom classes have actually made it easier. You know, it, it means that you can do your work from anywhere. You can go to class from inside the basketball facilities if you want. It isn't like this trek all over learning a bunch of things um yeah and that was basically that luke o'brien had similar thoughts on the transition basketball wise jabari feels like he's getting better like he feels like he's getting stronger like his body is getting into better shape um he actually he talked a little bit about i don't even know how to like intro this basically this idea that tad is really good at playing guys to their strengths. And that Tad will... He's basically told Jabari and the other guys, like, in the offseason, you work on your weaknesses and you try to get those better. During the season, you do everything you can to be good at the things that you're good at. And and basically, Jabari's feeling is, if, if there are things that he can contribute, then... Tad will put him on the floor and in situations where he can contribute the things that he can contribute. Um, you know, whether that's shot blocking or just rebounding. If, if, if they need a rebounder, Tad can find him a way to get on the court to go rebound the basketball without letting his weaknesses show. Um, and that's what you want to hear. You know, I'm not a great basketball mind, so it's tough for me to like pull specific examples for that kind of stuff but that's honestly like why dad makes all the money he makes is that he understands all of that i think that i that idea makes sense you know jabari i think that he can be a capable three-point shooter i think based on the touch that he showed a little bit of shooting that he showed he can get that into his game can he do that in the next 31 32 days before the season starts Eh, i'm not so sure that sounds a lot tougher so, you know, we, we, we do keep kind of hearing that the Buffs are going to have to rely on some of their youth. And I think that that's totally true. The question is, how much do you have to rely on the true freshmen? I think that the biggest answer is like, well, it depends on how good they are right now. You know, even Luke O'Brien, like I said, he looks like he has the body. At 6'8 and 200 pounds with the muscles that he has, if he can play good defense, maybe there's enough reason for him to find the court at some point, you know? If there's a a stretch where Eli Parquet struggles or one of those other guys struggles, then yeah, maybe you throw him in and see what happens. Um, You know, having this year not count for eligibility, it really does open a lot more doors than you typically have open for you, especially if you're a school like Colorado that isn't recruiting one-and-dones in the way that in Arizona or some of the other bigger programs in the Pac-12 would and, and so when you're a team that usually does like last year Keyshawn Barstelemy redshirted the entire year 
Well, I, I talked to Tad, and I, I I talked to McKinley Wright, and McKinley told me, like, yeah, he's ready to go right now, and this was probably before Christmas. You know, we do have some, like, questions about his defense. Like, he still needs to improve on his defense, but he can contribute a lot offensively right now, and Tad's at various points said the same things. I think that last year, there were certainly situations where you could see Keyshawn come off the bench just because, you know, you weren't getting all that much defensively out of the guys that you had at the two anyway at various points this wasn't true consistently but especially in that late stretch um, where where things kind of fell apart and also you weren't getting a whole lot of them offensively so why not throw Keyshawn in and see what happens Um, it may not be Tad's style as much but I think that he would have been willing to compromise on that style just a little bit to have that extra punch that's going to be something that the Buffs can do this year Um, Dominique Clifford we don't know what his role in the rotation is going to be, whether he has one or not. I think it's probably 50-50, maybe a little bit better than 50-50 for him. Yeah, probably better than 50-50. But what, I guess maybe, you know, Tristan Silva might be a better example of a guy who will have some opportunities come his way just because of the situations that the Buffs find themselves in. The situations that every basketball team is going to find themselves in. You know, where, where there's just an off night. And so, yeah, you look to the bench to see if there's something else that can help. Um, and that doesn't mean burning a year of eligibility now. That doesn't mean that it's no longer a redshirt year, so they have to sit a full year or next year or leave a year sooner. Um so I think that that's pretty big. Um, you know, they also talked about uh, Jabari and Luke. They talked about how the bond kind of developed among the freshmen. You know, Jabari said that he really didn't know any of the others in this class until he was getting kind of close to commit. And uh, the other guys, I think it, he said it was Luke and Neek just like message him on instagram and they started playing call of duty and they've been good friends ever since uh the three of them actually got uh to colorado in june and stayed at like bear creek and that's kind of how they spent some time tristan didn't get there until august but he's fit right in ever since you know he's jabari's roommate um and they're all really close and and jariah horn is actually pretty close with them because he also came to Colorado in June and has been here since June when a lot of the vets weren't around. Um, a lot of the guys who've been on the team were off doing whatever they were doing. Um, so that's what's kind of going on there. I think we touched on most of the Luke stuff while talking about Jabari. Um, he says he feels like he's slowly fitting in basketball-wise. Uh, he says that there is a massive step up in competition, like the difference between AAU and Division one basketball is massive. Um, you learn a lot going up against these guys, um, that kind of thing. It wasn't necessarily a surprise to him either, I should say. Like, it's not like he was like, oh, yeah, Division one. Oh, I played on the AAU circuit. Like, no, that was not the case. Um, but he did want to specifically note that this is a lot tougher. Um, same things about it's, it's a lot easier um, going through things when all your classes are on Zoom. Um, yeah, I think that's mostly it on the basketball side. Um, so let's take a quick break. Breckenridge Brewery is the place to go for all of your beer needs. 
Uh, you can find Breckenridge beers all over Colorado, but also in 35 other states. It's probably near you, so make sure you check it out. Um, so many great beers. Also, I should say, the official beer of DNVR. Um, Strawberry Sky, the Avalanche, the Vanilla Porter Jr., so many options. And you can try whatever it is that you want to try. If you go to the Breckenridge Brewery website, find the beer locator, and... Tell it where you are and what beer you want to try. It'll show you all of your nearest options. Um, there's probably something right next to you. I know that I tried it for me, and there's like 50 different ways to get Strawberry Sky within like a mile of me. Um, actually, I think that might be true. But yeah, so get on there, check that out, and uh, drink some Breckenridge beers because uh, there's a big weekend of football coming up. And you deserve to be drinking Breckenridge beers. Week six of football is in the books, and it's time to review the tape and get ready for week seven. There's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add to the excitement of week seven, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you do not want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to earn a sign-up bonus up to $1,000 when signing up using promo code DNVR. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook has endless ways for you to bet, from live betting to betting on your favorite players. They do it all. So don't worry if football isn't for you, because DraftKings is giving all MMA and baseball fans who sign up now the chance to turn $1 into $100 by betting on either this weekend's UFC 254 or by taking action on any baseball championship game. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up and get up to $1,000. That's code DNVR to get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado-only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Okay, uh, into some football stuff. So today we heard from Brett Maxey, Akil Jones, and KJ Trujillo, and we learned a lot. Um, Brett Maxey had a bunch of different things to say. Uh, KJ Trujillo is playing safety, right now um which is interesting and not something that i had really thought about as a possibility um but you can definitely talk yourself into liking that um we'll talk about kj we'll talk about keel but first i want to talk about what brett maxi had to say so brett maxi is colorado's safeties coach I, I think last year yeah last year the safeties coach was Tyson Summers, he shifts to inside linebackers so that they can bring on Brett Maxey, who is very, very experienced. Um, played 13 years as a defensive back in the NFL. Um, he's 58 now. He was at the uh, IMG Academy last year. But, uh, yeah, he was the defensive coordinator there, which obviously, if you guys don't know the IMG Academy, there are, like, a bunch of the top guys in – basically all the sports come out of there every year. It's like the one of the top high schools for producing college talent. So that alone, having that connection is pretty great. Um, and it's something that you should be exciting, excited about uh, 
recruiting wise. So he spent last year there as the defensive coordinator. Before that, he was uh, Tampa Bay's defensive backs coach for three years. Uh, before that, I was at Vanderbilt. Before that, he played. Uh, before that, he was in the NFL for a long time, coaching defensive backs uh, for the Titans, the Cowboys, the Dolphins, the Falcons, um, the 49ers. Basically, yeah. So he started his career coaching 1998 with the Panthers. Stayed in the NFL through 2013. Couple years at Vanderbilt, and uh, then Tampa the IMG. So I mean, that's a great resume. And don't forget, 13 years in the NFL beforehand. So the man has a lot of knowledge and that is something that the players will say about him and something that is very obvious when you talk to him. Um, And so we're just going to go through a bunch of the things he had to say because I think it's all really interesting and just the way he thinks about football is really interesting. Um, He's excited about Mark Perry. Um, Very excited. Uh, He said that the transition for him to go from star to strong safety was seamless um, he said there, it did take like a little bit of time, but at this point it's perfect. Um, the differences are like he plays in more space now and he needs to be able to see more now that he is back there instead of being up where things are a little bit more congested. But what Brett Maxey had to say about Mark Perry that I thought was most interesting was what he had to say about how fast he is and that it isn't just your normal speed. It's about his closing speed that when the ball's in the air, he just gets right up on a guy. Like, or when he's making a tackle, he just eats that last three, four yards so quickly and gets on top of somebody. That is exciting to hear um, and something to keep an eye on. Um, Chris Miller is moving from strong safety to star. That's not like news or anything. That's something that we saw on the last depth chart. Um, and that's obviously like the corresponding move with Mark Perry moving back to safety. Um, and and he, Brett said that Chris is typically like as the star, you're reading the tackle or the tight end and that Chris has been very physical at the point of attack, which is something that he likes, you know, at that position, you have to be very energetic. And that's exactly what Chris is because you have so many responsibilities. You have to be so ready to go in a bunch of different directions. Um, He also dropped like a little hint. So, so when we're talking about how Chris has to like be reading the tackle, reading the tight end, um, seeing what's happening at the end, setting that point of attack, sealing the edge, depending on what his responsibilities are, he's gotten a lot of practice doing that, Brett says, because the offense has been running a lot of perimeter runs and there have been a lot of quick passes that get the balls into playmakers' hands. So it sounds like a lot of screen passes, a lot of stretch runs, Interesting stuff to know for sure, something to keep filed away. Neither of those two things all that surprising to hear, but any little scoop we can get, we got to grasp onto. Um, He also, Brett had some interesting things to say about defensive backs who had to play offense in high school. Uh, He says that that's really beneficial. He brought up how Mark Perry was a running back and Chris Miller was a slot receiver and Darian Rakestraw was a receiver. He said that that's really huge um, because you know how offensive guys think and you see what comes out of different formations and it's so quick that you realize what formation the offense is. It just makes everything make more sense and helps build some instincts. Um, The problem is, those are the guys that typically have trouble tackling. And he says that that was true for all three of them. 
Um, and he talks a little bit about what is so tough to learn about tackling. Like it, it isn't that any of those guys are scared to contact. Like they are just fine going and hitting somebody. The problem is like there's a lot more to tackling than just being willing to fly at somebody. He talked about how you have to like learn the different angles to be able to bring somebody down, how to, how to get leverage through those angles. Um, that sort of thing. And also, I mean, there's like the typical form stuff as well, but, um, yeah, he said that the big thing is those guys all just know what to anticipate from office offenses, which gives them a bit of an edge. Um, Talks about Isaiah Lewis, who he says has had an unbelievable camp. Isaiah Lewis, not somebody we talk about a lot just because it didn't seem like he was going to factor in all that much. That might not be true. Uh, he is a junior now, and Brett says that he's done a great job as the next man up. He plays free safety, plays strong safety. He's had some reps at star, and so he can fill in whenever somebody needs to be filled in for, and that's kind of his role here. Recently, uh, he's been filling in for Darian Rakestraw. Darian has a little bit of a hamstring issue. He's been out a couple of weeks, according to Maxi. Um, didn't sound like it was anything that threatens his availability for the first game, but that's what's going on. And he says that Isaiah Lewis has really stepped up in that time. Um, and that's going to be his role going forward is being ready to do a whole bunch of different things, depending on what a game dictates. And you know, it could be a, a full week, the two weeks that somebody's out and he has to fill in, um, but that seems to be his responsibility right now. Um, it says the practices have been physical. Everyone's been getting better. Um, they've been competitive. Um, also that they've started doing some sessions where it's the DBs against the receivers, where they split off and take an offensive group and a defensive group. And so when they've been able to get paired up, the defense has had a chance to see more route combinations, more route concepts. That's what... Um, Brett was excited about, you know, you could get those receivers to line up in bunch formations and see what it looks like when different routes come out of those bunch formations, um, those sorts of things. Um, so that you can see like, Oh, if they're all way out here, you're going to get at least one crossing route out of this, you know, and, and that sort of stuff. Uh, and it just helps them prepare mentally for the different things they might see from different offenses that don't run the things that the buffs play or run, um, in practice. Um, what else do you have to say? Oh, we talked about trying to recruit Darian Rakestraw to Vanderbilt. Um, said that he's a great leader. And since he's been out, um, he's all the guys have actually been calling him coach in the meetings. We'd heard that they were calling him the old man, but we hadn't heard that they've called him coach. But that's kind of his role as the free safety is to be back there at the back end of the defense, making all the adjustments, being the answer to everybody's questions, you know, being able to get everybody in the right position. And that does concern you a little bit. Again, it sounds like he's going to be back just based on how uh, Brett was talking about him. Um, but if that's the guy who's in charge for double checking everything and seeing what the offense is doing and tweaking things to make it all fit, you want him on the field. Um, so that's something to pay attention to as well. Um, he also talked about some of the freshmen, in particular uh, Christian Gonzalez and Torin Pittman. With Christian, he said that he's their longest and biggest corner. Uh, he's a great matchup for long receivers outside. He has no fear, very prideful, um, deceptive speed. He said unbelievable long speed. 
and that when you get him downfield, he plays like he's six foot five. So I don't know what could have gone better about what Brett Maxey had to say about him. I mean, every one of those things are exactly what you want to hear, even from the mental side. Like, you guys know how cornerbacks are. Like, no fear, very prideful. Like, that sounds like exactly what you want. Somebody who's out, yeah. So uh, more good stuff on Christian Gonzalez. With KJ moving to safety, you almost wonder if that means that there's going to be more of a spot for Christian to be on the field early. Um that's where mine's at, my mind's at, at least. And then Torin Pittman, another uh, recruit that people are really excited about, a safety, and they kind of tested him, according to Brett Maxey. You know, they they put him in a bunch of different positions. Uh, they put him at safety, um, free safety. They put him at the money backer, the star backer. And he said that they put him in a bunch of really physical positions and that they found that he can assert himself in the run game he can play physically enough at this point um, to be effective in those spots. Um, plus he's long, which makes it good for covering to tight ends. Um, and what he, what Brett said he really liked about Torin is that he does everything fast. You know, he knows what he's doing and he goes and gets it done and he can play physical, but he plays physical and fast. And, and I think that that is really exciting to hear. Um, you know, that money backer spot isn't something that we've talked a lot about yet. Um, in part because I just wasn't sure. I don't know. They're going to need to use it. Uh, you can change how often you use it. So remember, the star is basically your nickelback, um, your slot corner, um, and then your money is basically your dime linebacker, the defensive back who comes in for Akil Jones most likely and lines up next to Nate Landman. But you need the speed because situationally, you know, the dime package might be something you pull out on third and seven or more or maybe on second and 14 or more, or maybe you're just playing somebody that runs a lot of light personnel. You know, if you're playing an air raid team, you want to be faster. And so you might throw that out there. Um, we haven't talked much about who could be the money backer. Um, you know, it could be somebody like Quinn Perry, Marvin Ham rotating in a little bit more speed than what you get from Akil Jones. Um, more likely though, I think that it is one of the safeties, you know, whether that's Isaiah Lewis I don't love KJ Trujillo there just because he's a little bit smaller. He says he's up to 172 now, um, which now I think of it is about what I weigh. So it's not that small. I don't know. But again, I guess if I got put on NFL or college football field, what would happen? It'd be ugly. Um, but yeah, so Torin in that conversation to be a money backer would make a lot of sense in my mind. Um, especially if they really do want Mark Perry playing in space. Um, I think that that's pretty much it, uh, from Brett Maxey. Not that that wasn't a whole lot of information. It sure was. Um, but now we move on. Uh, let's talk about KJ real quick before we get off these defensive backs. Um, KJ basically said like, we're deep at corner. It's best for the team. That if I rotate back there, um, I, I think that playing, cornerback provides a, a big base that's something that kj said is that he feels like that is very valuable time for him but now he gets to move back where everything is happening in front of him um he, he gets to see the entire 20 yards and also he wants to be versatile he wants to be able to prove that he can play safety that he can play cornerback that he can provide whatever you need somebody to provide he is your guy um yeah 
He's not like the biggest talker. Um, he says, here's another note. He says he's up to 172. He was listed 165 last year, but he also feels like he's a lot stronger, which is what is probably most important. Um, but yeah, he said like all these defensive backs are very versatile and we move around and it's good. So there you go. Um, we'll see what exactly happens there. You know, it is crazy to think about how deep the buffs are at cornerback. There are so many good players there. And it was only a year ago, I guess because the weird schedule was like over a year ago, but it was before last season that they were having guys change positions. You know, they made Tariq Luckett change from wide receiver to cornerback. And then he got significant reps at cornerback during the season. Now they're at this point where they have so many guys that you just don't even have room for all of them on the field. Um, so we'll see how it shakes out. Um, but this is, it should be a good group just because there are so many options. And because the talent is obvious. You know, you still have questions because they are so young, but I think it's pretty easy to get excited about. Um, from Akil Jones, um, he talked a lot about chemistry with Nate um, and how they feel like they've just built that at this point when they've been together so long. Even if Akil didn't become the starter until fourth or fifth game last year, I think. Um, they'd spent a lot of time with each other in practices for years before that and that sort of thing. They're also really close off the field, um, spend most of their time together. So that's what you want to hear, that they've locked that down. Um, he said that they're trying to pick up where they left off. They're trying to just keep doing what was working for them at the end of the year. You know, I asked him how much easier it is having an experienced defensive line, and he had a lot of good things to say about the defensive line. So, like, the defensive line's getting after it. You don't need to tell them what to do. They already know what they're doing, um, and they uh, they get going. As soon as the ball snapped, they get going, and so that's really exciting. Uh, he, does, he did say that it does feel easier. Um, it says that he has to remember, like, you can't just sit there and watch. You have to play and play football. You can't just, like, see them go beat their guys and get to the quarterback. Um, good to hear even more praise, especially coming from a little bit different direction with one of the linebackers. Instead of one of the linemen, offensive linemen, or the defensive linemen, or defensive line coach, um, that is a very solid group up front. Okay, uh, I think that was pretty much all that football stuff that I wanted to get to. Um, before we talk about some of the games that we're going to see uh, honestly, I guess tonight too uh, and tomorrow, uh, I want to tell you about MSU Denver Online. MSU Denver Online puts a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. MSU Denver is the Colorado institution providing rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom. MSU Denver graduates use their relevant degrees to land coveted jobs, and some of our very own staff members at DNVR are taking MSU Denver online classes right now. Harrison Wind has been very impressed with the professors, says that they're very responsive, so easy to get access to, um, and that they're helpful as well. Uh, obviously, they're, they're good professors. They work in the field that they're teaching in, and that means that they understand what is going on right now and what is worth learning and what isn't. Um, so you're getting a very useful education and not just like a bunch of ideas that are never really going to help you anyway. Uh, 
he's been impressed with that. He also says that he's that they're great networking wise because so many of the alumni live in Denver because the professors work in the field that they're teaching in. Um, and that overall it's been a great experience. So if you're not having the college experience that you had hoped, or if you want to get back to school or whatever your circumstances, go to msudenver.com slash online, check out the 40 plus online and hybrid programs that can get you a degree and also check out the 700 plus courses that you could be interested in um, that are also online. Um, also, if you uh, want to talk to a person about it instead of the website, you can reach out to Harrison Wind or Ali Monroy, and they'll get you a whole bunch of information as well. All right. Um, going through some of these college football games. Uh, this is the first week that they've had lines for the first week of Pac-12 games. Uh, some bad news for Buffs fans. Probably. I think this is still worse than the expectation. Um, they open the season at home against UCLA, and UCLA is favored by six and a half points. Um, that's a little bit wider margin than I had anticipated. You know, I th- it does make sense to me for UCLA to be favored. I think that this is a pretty close game, though. Um, not six and a half. So I guess maybe the pick of the week should be start putting money on that six and a half uh, for the buffs. Um, okay, other games. Uh, big one tonight is Illinois-Wisconsin. Wisconsin favored by 20 and a half points. You know, there's a true freshman quarterback. There's a bunch of uh, other reasons to think that maybe they won't start as hot as they could, but they're just so much better than Illinois that I feel pretty comfortable putting money on it, especially compared to the other games tonight, and I know I want action. Uh, Looking at tomorrow's slate, Ohio State favored by 26 points over Nebraska. That should be a pretty easy cover for Ohio State. Um, I like North Carolina over North Carolina State. 14 and a half kind of scares me, but I still like it. Um, scrolling. Auburn Ole Miss. That's a tough one. I think I went Ole Miss plus three and a half. In hindsight, I wish I would have just stayed away. That was probably a bad decision. Um, th- there's just so many games now. Uh, Bama by 22 over Tennessee. Love that. Um, for Bama, I should say. Uh, where are these others? Notre Dame, Pittsburgh, Iowa State, Oklahoma State. I think Oklahoma State's a really good value, minus three points at home. Um, because on top of the fact that I think that that's just generally good value, with Brock Purdy at quarterback for o- Iowa State, there's a, like a 30% chance that he's just terrible. And so that's the reason that they wind up losing the game. And that just swings the money or, or that swings the numbers even more in your favor. Um, what else in here is good? Wow, we're only at 2 o'clock on Saturday. Haven't gone through that many. South Carolina plus 5.5 against LSU. If you haven't watched South Carolina yet, they're a lot of fun. Uh, awesome receivers, as always. A really good running back. And LSU is disappointing, so I'd take that road dog, as crazy as that sounds. Um, Michigan, Minnesota. I know that... On the draft podcast, we had decided that Minnesota was probably the move, plus three points. Michigan's just always overrated. You know, and that's just good value. Everybody, there's there's so many Michigan fans who put money on Michigan that it changes that line. Whereas you look at Minnesota, you, you look at the quarterback, and, you know, Rashad Bateman at receiver as well. You might only need one of those connections, like 
one quarterback to receiver connection, and and that could be enough with how weird the season is, with Michigan probably not going through uh, anything close to a standard fall camp in the buildup. I think that that's a matchup that Minnesota wins right there, and I think that Rashad Bateman puts up like 160 yards and just kind of carries them to a win. Um, maybe that's good. Uh, I like putting money on BYU just because Zach Wilson's fun to watch and it keeps me engaged, but that's probably not a good betting strategy. Yeah, and that's it. Oh, but then we get to all the Pac-12 lines. Let's run through these real quick. USC's favored by 10.5 over Arizona State. Arizona is a 14.5-point underdog against Utah. Um, Stanford, 11.5-point underdog against Oregon. UCLA, like I said, 6.5-point favorite uh, against Colorado. Uh, 6.5-point favorite uh, Washington is over California. And Washington State is a 3.5-point favorite over Oregon State. Uh, We'll talk more about those uh, as we get closer to the season. Uh, But they are out now on DraftKings. So if you want to start making bets, feel free. Uh, I think that's going to do it for today's show. Oh, wait. I should say. um, Oh, where did this go? There it is. Uh, Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up and get up to $1,000. That's code DNVR to get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. That's going to do it for today. Uh, Like I said, there is a scrimmage tomorrow, and we will be right back here with this podcast telling you what happened in like 24 hours, I guess. So I'll see you then. See you later, baby. baby. Colorado Army with soldiers like the Navy. Yeah. And voters where we stationed, patiently awaiting. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. Yeah. I'm Colorado swagging at the crowd, do the wave. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid. Uh-huh. Cause you know we finna hit you. Hit you. Hit you. Hit you. Hey, hey. you on your own now. Why you watching the official? Yeah. You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. And we ain't playing with you, you can get it.
Westside, Flatline, no revival. Get them thugs, get them bust, mess them up, we say we got them. If we don't, then we'll get them. When we see them, then we have them. like my Colorado swag, cause when I'm in it, play. I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it, go, you know I'm acting bad. Holly, get a bust with my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag, my Colorado swag. Colorado swag, man, I swear I think they like my Colorado swag.